Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. Welcome to this episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. How's things, Glenn? Yeah, it's good. It's interesting with the changes to the AFL AFL teams moving up here and Mm. so much going on and, and... yeah, then playing at different venues and going between New South Wales and Queensland, and it's a very interesting time. And the they're all set up in their hubs, eh? Yeah, and yeah. The, and the um, premiers are still fighting over who should get the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the NRL are just laughing at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've even got spectators at some at the games now. Yeah, yeah, yeah just because not full capacity, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's just unfortunate. Well, AFL started from Victoria, mm. and and they got the majority of the teams, but yeah, they can't play there at the moment. So I wonder is, where they could hold the grand final if it, yeah, things don't. Get sorted out in Victoria. Well, well, well it either be the MCG in Sydney or the Gabba in Brisbane. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do that though. Well, yeah, I, I just can't see them having it in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I suppose Sydney's got the population, and yeah, and although it's not, you know, the AFL heartland. Yeah, no, no, but see, it takes a lot to prepare a. Mm. a um, a grand final for entertainment yep. That's right. and promotional yeah. and all that. And mm. if they were to have it in Melbourne, but they can't have crowds at the grand final, yeah, then they're not going to get the people to advertise. The people won't mm. advertise there. Yeah. So there's a lot involved. Yeah. Yeah. So where the Sydney Cricket Ground does have more capacity. Yeah, and more people will just play out in time. Yeah, on, on when it happens, but and they couldn't really have it in Perth. It'd be too far away. N- no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Adelaide may be possibility, but I think the, yeah. um, the it won't, won't happen in Brisbane. No. You reckon? No, nah, nah, they don't have the crowd. Don't have the capacity. Well, yeah. yeah, unless the Lions make the grand final or something. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my, yeah. My, my prediction is that between the lines and the suns. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's wishful thinking. <laughs> that will really upset the, the cart. Yeah. 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 So this episode covers the sporting memories of 1990. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so but we'll start off with a quiz first. So <laughs> the quiz, the listener's quiz. <laughs> Right, question number one. Here we go. What golfer won the 1990 US Open golf and he's the oldest to do so? I can vaguely remember this at the time. I'll give you a hint. He uh, wore glasses. (laughs) Yeah, so what golfer won the 1990 US Open golf? Question number two. What famous male tennis superstar 
won his first Grand Slam title at the 1990 US Open. What famous male tennis superstar won his first Grand Slam title at the 1990 US Open tennis? And the third question, what was the name of the boxer who caused a stunning upset by defeating Mike Tyson by knockout to win the world heavyweight title? What was the name of the boxer who caused a stunning upset by defeating Mike Tyson by knockout to win the world heavyweight title? So the answers will be revealed near the end of this episode. Okay, so 1990 was a oh, it was a great year for myself. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I just left school and yeah. I was. Uh, it was the year of independence. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was 18. I'd moved to Sydney. I was living on the northern beaches there, and, oh, life was wonderful. It was my (laughs) first year of university. Um, Yeah, it's like a whole new world, and I'd moved from a small town into Sydney and just, uh, oh, yeah, and I could just go wherever wherever I wanted and go go to the beach every day, and (laughs) I was into going to the gym and... Uh, yeah, so no, I really enjoyed the uh, the city life, and yeah, um, yeah, I remember, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, because I had no idea how to cook, you know, I'd, <laughs> I always had meals cooked for me by mum, yeah, she's a wonderful cook. And uh, I remember after about a week or two, I was getting all these zits on my face from eating takeaway all the time, and and then she wrote me out a cookbook and I started learning some some really good recipes and yeah. So uh yeah, things that happened that year Iraq invaded Kuwait. Do you remember that, Glenn? Yeah, Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that, that. I think that was the f- first time. First Gulf War, yeah. yeah the mm. televised war that they actually that's ca- right cameras on the yeah on the weapons and you could see them going down to the building and that's right yeah live mm. war yeah. yeah well it happened I think that was early 1991 when the actual war started but yeah it all you know when Iraq invaded Kuwait that was uh, what sort of ignited it all and that went on for oh probably. Six months or so, maybe, and uh, yeah, and America were just giving all these threats after threat. You know, we're going to come in and bomb the hell out of you, and and they did <laughs> eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember Germany reunited. Yeah, the Cold War came to an end, and East Germany and West Germany combined as one again. Um. So songs that year, so MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This. I wasn't a fan of that song, but Uh, yeah, there were a lot of other great songs that year. Uh, And Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. How'd you find that song? I just found that a depressing song. Yeah, yeah, it it was. She had the glum face and the the sound of it. Also, 1990 was a big year for Johnny Farnham. Oh, yep. That, that, yeah. That's when he released a lot of his songs and, mm. and that. And he, 
one of his songs is number one for quite a few weeks. Good old Johnny. Yeah. He's yeah. had more comebacks than <laughs> anyone else. He does it too. I'm going to retire now than a few years later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's back. Uh, he's back. Yeah, just did one more. He, yeah. <laughs> he was, I think he was going to do the um, Red Hot Summer Tour this year, but unfortunately it was put yeah. in the can because of um, the coronavirus. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But 1990 was the year that I became a father. Oh. My daughter was born. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah my daughter was born. Was that your fi- that, that was your first child? Yeah, yep. that was my first child. Great. Yeah. So, she yeah. was, so that was 30 years ago. Jeez. She's 30 years old. It's mm. amazing, eh? Hey? And I'm that, still young. <laughs> time flies, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, there's some great movies in 1990. So, yeah, Pretty Woman. Was one of them and Ghost. Remember Ghost <laughs> with yeah. Uh, yeah Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of sport in nineteen ninety, yeah, there were some memorable events that happened and memorable moments. So I remember the year started off as the uh, Auckland Commonwealth Games, and uh, I remember sitting at home at my parents' place and watching it every day and. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I remember Hayley Lewis. She was only like fifteen years old and won five gold medals in the swimming. And Lisa Curry Kenny, yeah. <laughs> she was a mum, and she was yeah, winning all these gold medals in the pool too. I remember there was a runner called Andrew Lloyd. I used to run in the city. The surf, the city. The surf is a. Uh, it's a fun, oh, a fun run. Yeah, it goes. It's yeah. in August every year, and yeah, yeah it starts off in like oh, around uh, Town Hall, and you run through King's Cross and go up Heartbreak Hill, and you run around and you finish in uh, oh, in Bondi there. And I was into all my all my running, and yeah, Andrew Lloyd won that race, you know couple of times and yeah but he wasn't you know like a real distinguished runner on the world stage like it was dominated by all the the Africans all the distance running you know the Kenyans and Ethiopians and yeah in this particular race I just saw the highlights on YouTube just just a few minutes ago and oh it's just a wonderful finish like yeah, the um, the Olympic Games champion John Nagugi from Kenya. He was in the race, and about halfway through, he tripped over. And yeah, he had all this. Oh, he had to make up on all the other competitors, and he hit the front, and he had this huge lead, Nagugi. And I got to the final lap, and Nagugi's just exhausted. He's running out of puff, and. It was the 5,000 metres, yeah. this event, and Andrew Lloyd, he's sprinting towards the finish and coming to the straight with about 100 metres to go, he's probably a good 40 metres behind Nagugi, but Nagugi was just running out of puff and, yeah, Andrew Lloyd pipped him right on the right on the line and won the gold medal and, uh, 
Yeah, it was very inspiring because uh, Andrew Lloyd's he had a really tough time in uh, on the years leading up to that. You know, he had a lot of in- oh, yeah. injuries, and his wife was um, passed away in a car accident. I think it was. That's okay. um, so yeah, it was just just a great story. You know, very inspiring. Uh, now, one thing I do remember is <laughs> Daryl Eastlake. Uh, yeah, you remember Daryl Eastlake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he's sadly no longer with us. He passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Big Daryl Eastlake. Yeah, but I remember the weightlifting at the Commonwealth uh, Games. And Daryl Eastlake, like, he's well known for calling the State of Origin Games in the, in the 80s. And, yeah, he had a big voice and he got excited a lot and – yeah, and uh, the weightlifting at the Commonwealth Games, he got too excited <coughs> and he was very loud and a lot of uh, yeah, the other countries there were all complaining about him, about how loud he was. and So, yeah, they had to put him into a, <laughs> into a special box yeah. away from all the, the other broadcasters from the other countries. Uh, yeah, uh, I think um, the 12th man done a sketch. Oh, great, sketch didn't they? Or- Done a sketch on him yeah. carrying on the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, the famous, the funny one I like. Remember their um, "Peace off, Jack." Yeah, would you say "Peace <laughs> off, Jack"? Gibbs yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me the "Peace off." <laughs> oh, yeah, that was classic. That. Yeah, but I remember that year. Like I, uh, I was curious about. Aussie rules. <laughs> I remember I went and played a season because yeah. I was living on the northern beaches there and I played for uh, the Manly Wolves and I think it might have been the under-20s. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a like, – I didn't realise. Like, you look at AFL on TV, I, I found, and it seemed like an easy game. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I can play that game. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, well, I, I played a season of it, and oh gosh, I struggled. <laughs> I struggled with the fitness. I struggled with the skill. Oh gosh. Well, it was nineteen ninety when AFL actually started to change from BFL to AFL. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was yeah. because. Yeah, for all this time it was VFL because yeah, Victorian Football League, mm. and then when it, yeah they wanted to become a national yeah a sport with the other teams yeah coming in because they had teams from WA and yeah. Adelaide coming in yeah 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 the Brisbane Bears and yeah yeah, yeah the Lions mm. they still don't have a team in Tassie which I I can't. I just don't understand. <laughs> like that just doesn't. They, they have a VFL team in Tasmania. Oh, do they? But not, yeah. but not AFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully they will one day for all our Tasmanian listeners. Yeah, yeah, because you certainly deserve one, especially in a AFL state. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, one thing that I really enjoyed in that particular year, I. Uh, I used to, because I had so much freedom on you know, on the weekends. I'd go to all the heaps of the footy games, heaps of the manly matches and North Sydney matches. You know, because I I had my first car and 
I could just, you know, drive to North Sydney Oval and Brookvale Oval, which was only, you know, five, ten minute drive away. And, and yeah, I, I just about went to nearly every home game. And, but I remember this one match. <laughs> Manly was playing Balmain and it was packed, you know. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, Balmain had a lot of superstar players and, yeah, and they'd been in the grand final last the previous two years. And, yeah, and Manly were in front, you know, towards the end of the game and and Steve Blocker-Roach, he got sent to the sin bin. <laughs> and as he's walking off, he, he pats the referee on the head, Eddie Ward, and he starts abusing the touch judge and swearing at him and... Yeah. Yeah, and he got it like a four-game suspension and a five thousand um, dollar fine. But yeah, I just heard recently yeah, that he he made money out of it years later <laughs> through photos of it at at charities and yeah, yeah, it's a good uh, old good old block of rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my um. My auntie, who's sadly no longer with us, yeah, in the nineties, but yeah, you know, throughout the nineties, she was big with the coaching, yeah, the netball for the New South Wales state teams. And oh yeah, the, the, them moving on to the Australian team and yeah, and eventually becoming a selector. Oh okay, yeah. So I remember, you know, a lot, a lot of the yeah, the netballs in the nineties. All right. And, um, yeah, seeing going down and visiting her and finding mm. out all the gossip. Yeah. And she was coach when she started to coach the um, New South Wales teams. Yeah. There, there was a, actually um, a, 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 an Aboriginal girl, yeah. Indigenous girl. Yeah. That my auntie was fairly strict. Hmm. And she was the first training session. This girl was late by five minutes. Yeah, really. And auntie, indigenous girl. Yeah, yeah. my auntie had to go. My auntie didn't mind about who you were. Yeah, she spoke her mind. Yeah, but every other training session after that, the girl was always there. She would actually go there, climb up over the fence. Yeah. And be inside the court before me auntie showed up. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she that shows to, dedication. She didn't want to get in trouble again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but because of me auntie, that's why New South Wales and Australia went so well. Yeah. Because she was had that passion. Oh, that's great. And she just wanted the players yeah. to become the best they can. Mm. And even today they play the... Carl Sykes Memorial mm. um, Trophy. Yeah. Dedicated in her name. Yeah. What was her name? Carol Sykes. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I remember listening to the, um, on the ABC and they, mm. they said that Carol Sykes makes Laurie Lawrence and look, look like a wuss. Yeah, really? <laughs> in, in being so strict. Because whenever anything went wrong Yeah And she'd be up there watching the game The camera would would actually go over And focus on Auntie Carol Yeah And see 
whether she had her arms crossed or, yeah. or even looking away in disgust. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, only Carol played netball all her life. Yeah. So she just wanted the, the game to be the best. Yeah. But yeah. I think coaching's a bit different now, like compared to the older days. Like coaches have got to be careful what they – it's like they have to be careful what they do now uh, well, what it, they say and – because all these players have got managers and, yeah, well, you know. Well, if my auntie was still coaching today, I don't think they'd worry her. Mm. She'd still be laying it out the way she used to. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Melbourne Storm coach, Craig Bellamy? No. Oh, gosh, you will see him go off in the in the box yeah. <laughs> every game. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, even when they're winning, oh, he'll be going off his – off his rock, yeah. <laughs> oh. swearing his head off and yeah. thumping the winds, the window. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching. Yeah. It's just passion, you know. It's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And Jeff Tuvey, yeah, he actually played in that that game we were talking about, the Manly Balmain match, and yeah, he was a, one of the toughest. Yeah, like he was just a, a small halfback. But when he became a coach, <laughs> he was coaching Manly and he's going off at the post-game yeah. media conference and, uh, yeah, there needs to be an investigation into this, uh, an investigation. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that where the politicians get it from? Because yeah. whenever anything happens in politics, yeah. oh, there's got to be investigation. <laughs> There's got to be inquiry and, yeah. and all was, this. Yeah, investigation into this referee's performance. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so that year Parramatta had a solid year. Yeah, they um, – this was mainly due to Peter Sterling, the great Peter Sterling, the legendary Parramatta, uh, New South Wales and Australian halfback. Just the magic he had. I remember he single-handedly won games for Parramatta that year just uh, for his brilliance. And, yeah, there was a magazine. It was out for many years, the Rugby League Week. And each each game they would give each player a rating. Yeah. And he got a 10 out of 10 rating. Yeah. And it was about the third of his career. Um, but unfortunately, Parramatta missed out on the finals, and yeah. But you know they didn't have much playing depth that year. They didn't have many superstars, but yeah, it was a courageous effort, and uh, yeah, they did well. And I remember that year I went to the preliminary final with my dad, and because every year, like when it was semi-final time, my dad and my sister and yeah, like we'd go to one, you know, the finals. Yeah, it was normally the preliminary final, the game before the grand final. Uh, and that year, uh, Canberra was playing Brisbane, and Canberra just smashed them. You know, and it was great because you know, I'm not a Broncos fan, as you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, yeah, Canberra just had a uh, start. Like they were the reigning premiers, and they just had a. Yeah, just superstars, you know, Mal Meninga, Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart, Bradley Clyde, Gary Belcher, yeah. you know. Um, so they went through to the grand final. But, yeah, one thing I remember about that game, there was a drunk spectator sitting behind me. 
Oh, and he was drunk as a skunk. <laughs> and the whole game, he just kept, because Alan Langer was a Brisbane halfback and <laughs> and Alan Langer and Ricky Stewart would always be fighting it out for the Australian number seven jersey. And the whole game he'd be going, he can't kick that Langer, he can't kick, he can't kick. And I wish I had a dollar for every time he said it. <laughs> He's probably still saying it <laughs> 30 years later. Yeah, so that, that year the World Cup was in Italy. And I remember a 38-year-old 38 player called Roger Miller, and he starred for Cameroon. And, yeah, Cameroon made it through to the quarterfinals, yeah, which was a great result for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Paul Gascoigne is a yeah, the uh, former famous English football player. Yeah, I remember when England lost the semi-final, he was crying. And, yeah, West Germany, they went on to win the World Cup that year, defeating Argentina 1-0. And Wayne Grady, this Australian golfer, won the US PGA golf that year one of the four majors. So that was a great achievement because, yeah, like not very often does an Aussie golfer win a major. Um, yeah, but one of the biggest sporting moments that year was the Rugby League Kangaroo Tour. And I remember, you know, living there on the northern beaches and getting up in the early hours of the morning to watch it. And this particular year, like, well, England, Great Britain, they hadn't beaten Australia in, oh, over 20 years it was. Yeah. And they still haven't beaten Australia in a series yeah. since about 1970. But this particular series, they had a lot of really good players, you know, Ellery Hanley, Gary Schofield, and, yeah, and Australia had an awesome side too. Um, yeah, Australia had a better side on paper, but England, you know, playing at home. I mean, Great Britain, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, this was their, their chance. And remember the first test match at Wembley and Great Britain won and, yeah, and it got to the, the second test at Manchester at Old Trafford there. And it was a real seesawing game. Yeah, I remember Australia, yeah, the Great Britain had scored a try just after half time and they'd hit the front and then not long after that yeah the Australia scored one of the most incredible tries I've ever seen went through 12 sets of hands went down to Andrew Eddinghausen on the right wing and he kicked the ball infield and Cliff Lyon scored and yeah they still to this day think that was the greatest try in Rugby league test match history. Um, but with about 10 minutes left, Australia leading 10 points to six, Ricky Stewart throws this shocker of a pass, yeah. which uh, Paul Lachlan, the Great Britain replacement, intercepts and scores. And then that's when you think, oh, shit, you know, we've lost. Yeah. The ashes are gone. <laughs> And you just think, oh, you know, and the kick was like, it was just this easy conversion. 
And uh, <laughs> Eastwood, the winger, he had this easy conversion and he fluffed it. Absolutely stuffed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, 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 yeah, when the game was locked up at 10 all, yeah. and if you kick that, they win, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the Aussies were just deflated, you know. Um, so he misses the sitter of a kick and there's seconds to go on the clock and Australia end up getting the ball close to their own goal line and, yeah, the referee's just about to blow, you know, the whistle for full time and then all of a sudden <laughs> Ricky Stewart redeems himself. He throws this dummy of a pass. <laughs> yeah. Which um, the Poms fall for. And then he runs upfield. And he's running upfield. He gets to about oh, 20, 30 metres out from the England line, from the Great Britain line. Passes to Mel Meninga, yeah. who uh, bolts onto the ball and scores the try. Australia gets out of jail. And they go on and win the third test in the Ashes. Uh. And. Uh, yeah, I remember just going berserk. Because, <laughs> 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 yeah, they were just gone for all money and, yeah, they'd got up. Yeah. And uh, I've never been a big horse racing fan, you know. Like, uh, you know, well, I'll follow it like when the Melbourne Cup's on. Yeah. But I remember, like, I think it was that actual weekend when Australia won that test match and I think we won the first Ashes test match that weekend. Um, in the cricket And so it was a great weekend for Aussie sport I remember And we had a horse called Better Loosen Up And one of the biggest horse races in the world is the Japan Cup So Better Loosen Up was an Aussie horse trained by Colin Hayes And it got up and won So yeah that was a great performance And Sadly, I, I just read the other day, yeah, the horse died in 2016. Yeah, so. So we'll go to our, the answers to the quiz questions now. Oh. Right, question number one. What golfer won the 1990 US Open golf? He was the oldest to do so. The answer was Hale Irwin. He was 45 years old. Where's he from? He's American. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And if you look at him, he doesn't look like an athlete. (laughs) He looks like an accountant. (laughs) Yeah, but he was, you know, he won about, I think, four majors or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was a very, you know, in the 70s and 80s, yeah. Uh. One of the leading golfers in the world. Question number two, what famous male tennis superstar won his first Grand Slam title at the 1990 US Open? It was Pete Sampras. Mm. Yeah, and the last question, what was the name of the boxer he caused a stunning upset by defeating Mike Tyson by knockout to win the world heavyweight title? Oh, I've made a mistake here. <laughs> I wrote down the answer, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson didn't knock out Mike Tyson. <laughs> Whoosh, there's another uppercut for Paul. Yeah. No, the answer was Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas. Yeah, so that was his only claim to fame. <laughs> he knocked out Mike Tyson in the 10th round. Yeah. And he was like, oh, 
absolute no chance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knocked out Mike Tyson when he was at his Mike Tyson was at his peak. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he was never really heard of again, Buster Douglas. Yeah. I think he after that he ate too many Big Macs and he put on a lot of pud and yeah. and yeah. I think Van der Holyfield beat him yeah. the next fight he he took place in, knocked him out in like the third round and yeah, yeah he's never been heard of ever ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a commercial on TV. It's it's called it's about the man shake. Yeah. And it promotes that oh you can lose weight without losing the beer. Oh, it's with Adam McDougal, isn't it? No. Yeah. But it's got a map here. Oh, yep. Yeah. I thought, well, yeah, that would be the only way that yeah. you could get Merb Hughes would lose weight. Yeah. Because <laughs> he wouldn't be giving up the beer. <laughs> yeah. But no, you know, Buster Douglas, he won that. He knocked out Mike Tyson. He won millions and millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, good luck to him, you know. Yeah, he's probably sitting happy somewhere at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So, how did you all go? So, the draws. We're up to the draw now for next week to pick a year out. We're going to use the Queensland Bulls cap again. Yeah. Go for it, Glenn. Okay. Let's see what it is. I want the 80s one. I want the 80s, 80s. Yeah, like go that. 80s, 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 80s. Okay. Let's see what it is. Stand by. Just 1980. Nine. Oh, 1989. Yeah. Oh, we're going a year back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Good stuff. Rightio. So, yeah, that, that, it's a shame we didn't do 1989 then 1990. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good lead in, but yeah. anyway, these things happen. Yeah. yeah, so thanks for joining us for this episode of Paul Sporting Memories. Please check out our Facebook for posts on my sporting memories. So it's goodbye from Paul. And it's goodbye from Glenn. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Okay, goodbye. Bye.